0: Welcome back to the Out To Be Podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and today's episode, my guest is Ani Kaizen, and she is both a musician and a coach and owner of a music studio, Kaizen Studios, Kaizen Music Studios. So I am really excited to have her on today because we are talking about being multifaceted, and mostly how she makes a full-time income doing both of these things. She talks about how she balances her online teaching studio with her music career. And her music career is completely independent and entirely self-funded through her Patreon, which is really exciting and amazing. So we talk about Patreon, we talk about making money through coaching, and other ways that she has streams of income and makes money as well. So you're definitely going to want to listen to this. There's so many good tips and tricks that you will learn from her. And so let's go ahead and dive in, but... Before we do, I have one thing to tell you, and that is exactly one week from today, on Wednesday, August 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern, I am hosting a completely free event called Profitable Patreon. We're just giving it a cute name just so that it has one. But really, this is a free group coaching event where you're going to be able to ask all of your questions about starting, running, and launching a Patreon Um, that actually makes money. With me, So on this um, call, the main thing that we're going to do is answer your questions. It's literally going to be like a QA and a coaching session. So you will submit questions ahead of time just so we're organized. But on the call, you'll have the opportunity to ask that question in person and chit chat back and forth with me about what makes the most sense, get your question answered and get coached through it. But some topics we're going to talk about right off the bat that I'll tell you that I know we're going to cover is how to know if you're ready to launch a Patreon, how to get your audience warmed up and ready to buy and join, key things to consider when you're structuring your Patreon tiers, the biggest mistakes you want to avoid when you're launching, how to overcome self-doubt, lack of confidence, and time management concerns around launching and running your Patreon, and what to do if you already have a Patreon but you aren't getting the results that you want. So even if you don't have a specific question in mind right now, I highly recommend that you sign up if you are interested in starting a Patreon for the first time or if you have a Patreon but you just aren't getting what you want out of it and you want to make more money and have people, more people join or the perks that you have right now just like aren't really working for you and you want to do some restructuring. I highly recommend that you come join this um, event. If you do have a question, you can ask it. If you don't have a question, you can tune in and just watch all of the questions and coaching that gets done. And I know that you will learn a ton from it. So to sign up, you can go to katiezacardi.com slash Patreon chat. And I'll also have the link in the show notes. Again, that's katiezacardi.com slash Patreon chat. So if you've ever thought of launching a Patreon, you definitely need to join us and tune in for this live event. All right, now let's go ahead and dive into the episode. Hey, Ani, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, Katie. I'm stoked to be here.
0: I am really excited to have you. So before we dive in, can you give us like a brief introduction as to who you are and what you do?
1: Yeah, totally. So um, my artist name is Ani Kaizen. And I am a singer songwriter, also a front woman for my rock project. Um, and then I also run Kaizen Music Studio, which is my vocal coaching, music lessons and music services business. Um, so basically, I help other musicians, I coach them, if they're going to record or if they're working on songwriting, or if they just kind of need some guidance in their careers, then I help them out through Kaizen Music Studio.
0: That is amazing. So. I want to walk through this in like a little bit more nitty-gritty detail because you are a musician, as you said, who has multiple streams of income. You coach, you do music, and you've built up a business that allows you to have multiple ways that you make money, which is amazing. And we love that here on the podcast. So how did you start? Like, did you start as a musician who's working a full-time job? Did you start as a music coach who then wanted her own uh, music career? Like what came first?
1: Yeah, so and that's a great question. Um, I kind of got into it, I think, uh, the way a lot of musicians do is they're like, oh, you know, making music with friends, it was super fun. I was in a band in high school. And then um, i got more into songwriting and i sent a portfolio to um, a nearby college and they loved it so i got a music scholarship so that's kind of how my music career first started as i was like oh okay awesome like i'm going to school for music while i was there i studied music business i studied uh, recording and engineering songwriting and composition um, it was a really cool program because i got to kind of just explore different aspects of the music industry And then after I graduated, I wasn't totally sure, like, how to put all of that into practice just yet. So I started off just, you know, kind of playing local venues, doing some bars and stuff like that, um, cover shows, like, wherever I could get booked, basically. And then I I was out playing. I actually had people approach me and be like, hey, my daughter loves your songs, loves your music. Could you give her guitar lessons? Could you, like, teach my son? And so I was like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I started teaching just kind of on the side, but then I grew to really love it. And um, it got to the point where I had like more students wanting to take than I could take on. So then... I fully launched Kaiser Music Studio and hired a couple other people to help me teach. And then with COVID, we ended up moving to online lessons, um, which has actually been really great because we can reach so many more people now. Like I have clients in New York and Arizona and California. And so that's been really cool because now I'm no longer limited to like one specific spot. So I definitely started more as you know artist minded and then realize that there are so many people who love music and want to tap into music and have questions and i was like yeah i would just love to share my experience with them and give some guidance along the way as i've definitely had mentors who did that for me and i love and appreciate them so much for it
0: so is your studio now completely online or is it hybrid online and in person
1: Um, It's mostly completely online like I do have some um, close friends and contacts who are local who will come over and will work on projects but for the most part it's online now.
0: That is awesome. So I'm really curious about that actually. When you moved the studio online, what changes did you notice? Did you have like more income less income more time less time like how did that kind of impact the business and how you were able to approach other things like your music career.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, honestly, it was um, a transition that I was nervous about at first because I had like 20 students in person and then we moved online and it dropped down to eight. So initially I was like, oh, no, I don't think this is a good long term solution. But then I realized that I ended up with just a different clientele than I had previously. So before I had a lot of like local kids, Mm -hmm. Um, but now I'm working with like other performing artists kind of all over the place um, as people are finding me through my music or hearing about me word of mouth so it it was kind of a complete pivot for the studio Um, i did maintain some of my uh, clients that i'd had before but once we moved online and we did more like online marketing and i connected more with other artists online that's when Um, things really started to change and it became more vocal coaching versus like singing lessons where I'm teaching someone how to like sing for the first time Um, now I'm like vocal coaching people to do more advanced techniques and properly care for the voice and helping them prepare to go into the studio to record or, you know, rewriting a melody that they're having trouble with. So um, it's been really cool. (laughs) And and I've loved the ways that it's grown and that there's just like so many more people I can connect with now.
0: And would you say that it gave you more time to your music stuff being online or did it not really make a difference
1: definitely so i mean think about like i had to rent a space i had to go there be there physically if a student canceled the day of i would still just be there hanging out kind of waiting till my next student versus working from home you know um it's nice to be able to take a break from teaching or meeting with clients and then you know do some recording or follow up on some emails and do some more like artist centered stuff so it's nice because rather than feeling like they're two distinct things it's become more of I can easily flip from one to the next and they're kind of becoming more one and the same because people are finding me as Oni Kaizen wanting to work with me as Oni Kaizen versus you know <laughs> it's just like um a separate thing from my artist career they're much more intertwined now and it's working from home has made that a lot easier to do too.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. Do you have separate social media for each of them or do you just market it from the same place?
1: I do. Yeah. I have separate social media for each one because my original thought was, you know, with Kaizen Music Studio, I post tips. I post, um, like different things that are resources for people. So they might follow Kaizen Music Studio. Cause they're like, I, want to learn more about, you know, healthy singing practices, etc. And then Ani Kaizen is obviously more of like my poetry, my songwriting, my artist career, my shows. So I do have them separate, but I've noticed lately, there's been a lot more crossover. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I had someone only like last week say, hey, I saw your on TikTok, um i loved your cover of bring me to life and then when i clicked to your page i saw that you're also a coach so i would love it if you would coach me and i was like wow okay that's cool
0: <laughs> i love that and i really feel like it goes to show that a lot of times when you are just showing up in your element and doing what you do well people will reach out like people will get yes. to reach out same has been for me that most of my clients as of lately, have either been past clients of mine or people who just find me on TikTok and they're like, hey, I found you, I binged you, like I <laughs> watched all your videos, I listened to all your podcasts, I really feel like we're a good fit, like how can I work with you? And- Oh, that's
1: awesome, yeah.
0: But uh, it's the same thing as you, right? It's like people are just like, I found you, I stalked you a little bit, I realized you were a coach, <laughs> and now like they went through the pro- the decision of, of discovery and then they reach out because they want that. Now, it's not to say that, you know, from a sales perspective, you should never extend an invitation. <laughs> it's important. <laughs> right. I really love this as an example of like on your artist profile, like you're not necessarily pitching vocal coaching, but you make sure that people are aware it's an option by having mm-hmm. it in your links. And then it allows people to say, oh, wow, I love how she does this thing. I want to learn from her how to do this thing. And then it, it just becomes a win-win.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like you're just saying, and and I think honestly, like I was looking at your page and kind of like your journey so far. and I was like, I feel like you and I have a lot of overlaps that I think are like very cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I see like your crazy cover in the background. Like yeah. that's so cool to me how you also are an artist, you know, and now getting more into like coaching and behind the scenes work and stuff. I think that's really cool.
0: Thank you. Yeah. I've got to get like something to fill the void here. I was going to have an out to be sign. If you're listening to this podcast, I'll I'll post a clip to my stories, but um, I was going to put an out to be sign here, but um, now I'm like, maybe I should record another album and put that here. (laughs) There's stuff. Yeah, that
1: would be awesome. But, um, Mm -hmm.
0: But yeah, no, I think that's so important too, because especially as a coach, And if your clients are people who wanna have the trajectory of an artist, it is helpful to be working with someone who knows what it's like to be an artist. Now, obviously, for anyone listening, uh, and this was certainly the case with you before you went online, like if you're serving fifth grader kids, like, you know, you don't necessarily need to have that. Um, Right. (laughs) I think that it is helpful to show up, like, walking the walk or you know just showing people what you can do or what you have done so they feel Mm -hmm. connected with you in this way and you'll you would be surprised that some people might be compelled to reach out not from a video of tips but from a video of you just like showing what you can do um especially with voice coaching (laughs) right oh yeah
1: yeah absolutely right (laughs) everyone wants to have a vocal coach that can do stuff that they can't do right
0: (laughs) oh it's true though like when i think about hiring a vocal coach i'm you know, thinking, okay, what am I gonna be singing? And can mm-hmm. that person sing that or have has that person at least successfully shown me that they can teach people to sing like that, right? That they can yeah. help people mm-hmm. to sing like that. Because it doesn't mean that your teacher necessarily needs to be exactly like what you want, but they at least need to show that they can get those results. So I think it, it definitely is helpful because if you're trying to go for pop voice, but you're, you know, you're looking for someone who like lives and breathes musical theater it's a little bit of a different experience
1: though. oh yes <laughs> absolutely for sure and i think that was another thing that kind of moved me more into teaching as well is because i got a lot of clients who were like i want to do more pop and rock and a lot of the Uh, places in our area teach more like classical or musical theater Um, so I've had quite a few people find me and be like please teach me how to like sing with like a gritty rock voice without destroying my voice you know Um, so you're absolutely right like they've just seen me do that and they're like oh she knows how to do that and like in a healthy way so yeah for sure just like walking the walk (laughs) like the right people will find you
0: absolutely so with that being said though you are just like an active artist aside from the coaching so Mm -hmm. tell us um what that looks like now and what your streams of income are as a musician
1: okay yeah absolutely so what that looks like now is me focusing more on growing my community so this year i've been focusing on building a patreon um, I've been working on like developing a schedule so that I can have like consistent output of songs and lyric videos and etc. I think in the past it's been a little bit hard just because sometimes I felt like limited by budget or demand. Um, so working like with my followers and being like, hey guys, what are you interested in? What do you want to hear from me? What tiers should I make on Patreon? Um, that's been really cool. So that's been a great source of income for my music where it's paying for itself now because previously i was you know paying out of pocket to go into the recording studio to do all the marketing to do the graphic design whatever but now um it's nice i can reach out to my patrons be like hey guys what do you want to hear and they tell me and then you know together we make it happen and that's been a lot more fulfilling as a creator to know that people like actually want to hear what I'm putting out and are excited about it um versus in the past it kind of felt like I was just shooting things out into the void you know um so patreon has been a great resource um i've been focusing more on bandcamp as well that's been really good um cuz previously and i'm sure you're aware of this like streaming does not pay Right. Well at all. It's yeah. it's impossible as a starting out artist to have a sustainable career through streams. So um I've been building up my bandcamp more this year and that's been great. My bandcamp sales in my first year have are I've already made over three hundred dollars and I only just got started this year. So, so you
0: can sell like downloads or do you sell physical items as well?
1: Yeah, so I sell physical items and downloads, um, but I found that some of the things that have been doing really good is selling the stems to songs so people can remix them or selling like my entire catalog so people can buy like all of my songs and all the instrumental versions of all the songs and even demo versions maybe that I haven't released or acoustic versions. Wow. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. That is really fascinating because I like that you're thinking outside of the box of, okay, people are loving to remix this or they're wanting the instrumental. And some people might not even bother to put that out there or to think that it's a possibility, but I love that you saw this as an opportunity to make money and it's actually working.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. I think one of my um, favorite pieces of advice I've been given is to think of like streaming platforms, like a shop window. So, you know, people might find you on Spotify or Apple music or whatever, but then your band camp should be like, come into the store and you can get access to all these super cool items that are not like on the streaming websites. Um, So I've been kind of like shifting my way of thinking about music to be that of, rather than pouring so much into, you know, like Spotify, which is great for promotion, but it's not great on the back end for return on investment um, to other things like Patreon, Bandcamp. And now I'm starting to get more into Twitch because my distributor gave me instant affiliate um, access on Twitch. So next I'm going to pivot and start making more Twitch content to put on YouTube to get more in the YouTube partner program. So I've just been focused more lately on these multiple streams of income, as you were saying, um, and how I can kind of like music I'm making, um, I can reinvest like for the next song uh, based off of just the sales from the last song
0: okay that's awesome so like you said you've got sales that you're making from downloads and from merch what kind of merch items do you have i'm just like curious yeah
1: (laughs) so right now um i've got some tank tops people really like i've also got some dog tag necklaces Mm. um which people really love and it's kind of like a unique merch item um and then i do have some physical cds but they're my past two eps so i'm really planning to do like a kickstarter and do a full album and then do a whole line of merch for that but what i've been doing previously is every time i release a single i do like a limited run on merch for that single so like for monster i made um a specific design for like a monster shirt and stickers and people could download um, and they could get the merch bundle, and that was only for that song for a limited time. And then I did the same thing with Blink. And with Blink, I actually did some postcards, and people really like the postcards because, on the one side, it's the single art and they can like hang it up in their room. And then on the back side, I'm just like, hey, thank you so much for supporting the song. Um, so I did a campaign where if you pre save the song and send me a screenshot, like I will send you a free download of the song. And then if you signed up to my Patreon for any tier, I would send you a postcard of thanks, exclusive stickers, that kind of thing.
0: Mm, nice. Talk to yeah. us about Patreon. So, how new is yours? What was it like launching a Patreon? And how do you like kind of engaging with those members? How has that impacted your career?
1: yeah i okay so (laughs) i feel like patreon i was so nervous to get into it right because i think for a lot of us creators we think like okay patreon i'm gonna have so much to deliver and keep up with Mm -hmm. um but i started it in march and i kind of staggered the tiers to make it a little bit easier for them to kind of lean into each other kind of thing so i have a tier that's three dollars that's you get a free sound, song download every month. You get access to behind the scenes content. So that's kind of the most basic one. Um, and then I have one that's for um, like patron only polls and access to watch videos before they're released and just get an idea of what's coming next. So like you would hear stuff before it comes out. And then I've got the Team Ani tier. And Patreon has set up this merchandise off option now where you just like upload you might know about this already where you just like upload the files and then they send off that merch at designated times to your people um so that's like my team on tier and then people also get access to monthly acoustic live streams where they can show up and chat with me and request songs and hear upcoming songs Um, And then I also have the remixing tier, which we kind of talked about earlier. I just upload stems for songs that they've requested and they can download the stems and remix them and play around with them as they please. And then I have the VIP, which is where you basically get like everything (laughs) and you get more exclusive merch, you get shout out on socials. and you also get like vip access to any live streams and stuff like that so i've staggered it so that hopefully people can be as involved as they want to be Mm -hmm. um, without breaking the budget just depending on how involved in the creative process they want to be
0: and have you found that uh, fans are looking for something like that do you find that people like where are people engaging with you when they want to take the next level i guess is it in downloading your merch is it in joining your patreon is it in something else that we haven't talked about yet
1: lately it has been more um doing downloads and getting access to the patreon so i I have had a lot of people kind of, since it's only been a couple of months. There are a lot of people I think who are following who haven't necessarily like joined a tier yet, Mm -hmm. Um, but I got a lot more traction than I was expecting first off. So what I've started to do is kind of pull away from my other socials and just be like you know here is one photo from this photo shoot i just did if you want to see the entire photo shoot like all 30 photos you can go to my patreon Mm -hmm. um or like here's a snippet of a song we're going to be recording this weekend if you want to hear the full demo version you can find it on patreon so um i think honestly it's just going to take a little bit of time so that people feel like they are making an investment and it is something i'm committed to um because you know, when you see someone just first launch a, a Patreon, there's kind of a, are they going to stay with it? Like, is this worth investing uh, my time and my money into? So yeah. it's kind of like a long game thing right now.
0: That is such an interesting point. And I, we talk about this a little bit and so I have a program called out to launch Patreon, uh, which our listeners probably know about, but We talk about that because you really need to warm your audience up before you launch. And I think that that is a really interesting belief. I'm going to add that to like the limiting list of limiting beliefs that your audience might have that stops them from joining. And Mm -hmm. it is true. I think we've all seen it, right? And that's why people sometimes are afraid to launch Patreon because they're like, what if I have two people join and then I don't do it? And mm-hmm. on the flip side, we—if that—that has happened to people, right? They have a couple of people yeah. join, or they maybe even have many people join, but then they just don't stick to it. And mm-hmm. fans don't want to be burned, right? So for sure, I think that that's really important from your end. What you can do, listeners, is of course prepare yourself, mm-hmm. do the launch properly, go through with it, and plan to commit to it, even if you do start with a small number, but. If you, if you plan out your launch and you launch really intentionally, you're most likely going to have a successful launch, right? You're not going to end up with just two people, but
1: oh yeah, part mm-hmm. of that is
0: taking commitment and, and knowing I'm going to show up, even if it is one person at first, and we're just going to keep building it and making your audience aware of that too, of just like, I'm showing up, like, this is something that we have planned. Here's what's coming down the pipeline so that they can see that you are committed to this. Cause it is. I love that you brought that up. It's so fascinating to think about how our fans might be looking at how other musicians have approached Patreon and be Mm -hmm. worried, hey, is this going to be the same experience that I've seen in the past where, you know, this musician I wanted to support just gave up or I give them money every month and they don't show up. And so it's your duty as a musician to prove them wrong and and make them feel assured that they're not going to, that you're not going to give up on them. So I love that you brought that up. And I love that you are also like, yeah, I know it's something that takes a while to build because it does, right? It does. Mm-hmm. And you'll keep getting bigger and build bigger and bigger and you'll keep building that um, recurring income, which is so nice about Patreon. <laughs> is that it? Oh, story?
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, awesome. So my biggest question for you, Is that your full-time income? (laughs) And I know that is a loaded loaded question, but I know that is what the listeners are wondering. I'm gonna be doing more podcasts like this in the future. because I think it's so important to just have transparency around this and know that there's no shame regardless of how people are making their money. And like you've shown, you have multiple streams of income, but is there anything else we're missing here? Like, is there anything else that you are doing in your artist career or beyond that helps you to make this happen and be able to, successfully move forward with your music career with the time and money that you need to do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lots of big questions here. So I'll try (laughs) to take apart each one. Um, So right now, Kaizen Music Studio is still my main source of income. However, I will say that I've been very pleased that even though I just launched the Patreon, what, like, three four months ago it is already paying for itself so the last music video i filmed completely paid for by the patrons that was amazing my song i'm about to release next also paid for by the patrons um so it's yeah (laughs) so it's been really nice that my music is starting to be self-sustaining to where i can actually focus on investing in it more and helping that acceleration and that growth happen. So maybe instead of having to pay for the music video, now I'm just paying for the Google ads or whatever I'm gonna use to market it. Um, And that's actually another supplement of my income right now is I have been running a lot of marketing for one of my clients, Michelle Malone. Uh, You might've heard of her. She has toured with the Indigo Girls. She's more in the folk rock and Americana scene. Um, So right now I'm helping her with her Spotify and Facebook ads and some Google ads. Um, So I also offer that to some of my clients if they are really committed to their music and really want to focus on growth. Um, so what I do with Michelle is I'm helping her scale her listeners because previously she wasn't on Spotify until this like past year. Um, so we're trying to make a big splash. We just got her to 2,500 listeners to get her on the Marquee. Um, so I, it's been awesome to work with her because she is a full-time artist and her Patreon does pay all of her bills and she tours full-time. So just getting to work with her so closely and see what she's doing and then, um, also offering my skills of marketing and, you know, knowing more of what to do online. Cause I think for her, she feels like it's a bit of a generational thing. Sometimes she's like, do I need to do TikTok? Do I need to do Spotify? And um, just kind of like helping her work through those together.
0: That is awesome. How did you get into Google ads or ads in general? <laughs> ads like hurt my brain. Like I've tried. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, sometimes you just gotta know when something is just like not for you.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ads is that is a bad thing for me where I'm like, I'm just gonna pay someone. So, how mm-hmm. did you just like in your spare time get into ads and know how to navigate that? <laughs>
1: ads are i will say like right off the bat that you first look at it and you're like this looks like complete crazy talk like (laughs) i definitely felt very overwhelmed by it at first and i think the only reason i got into it is because one of my mentors at the time was specifically about facebook marketing and they were like you have to run facebook ads if you want to grow on facebook Um, so i took a crash course and then i continued to do a lot of my own research Um, and that's how I got more into the Facebook ad side of things. Um, I will say that they're constantly changing and updating it. So it is something that is a skill you kind of have to keep pretty sharp if you're going to continue to use it. Um, but I started learning it just so that I could market my own music on a budget. You know, if I only have like 30 to $50, um, Facebook ads is a great way to just get more views on a music video or get more followers to your page, stuff like that. Uh, versus you know hiring a marketing company is going to be at least 500 usually around a thousand to three thousand dollars so just being a DIY indie artist on a budget I got more into ads and running ads for myself because I was like I can't really pay someone else to do it so I'm just gonna (laughs) figure it out
0: that is amazing so we had an episode on ads a few weeks back I'm Mm -hmm. really curious as someone who helps musicians number one where are the main platforms that you think musicians should invest in ads? And Mm -hmm. number two, although maybe this is worth answering first, (laughs) how is the ads platform changing? Because I know that like the ROI for Facebook ads used to be a lot greater. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's multiple components that are going into it, but essentially it's just maybe isn't the best place to run ads anymore. Especially if you are a younger artist with a younger audience who literally Mm -hmm. isn't even on Facebook. So how just like, real quick (laughs) what would you say to artists who are like oh i'm intrigued like where might i run my ads to to get results
1: and you know you run such a great point here talking about knowing your audience right so like for michelle she has an audience that tends to be age 40 and up and so a lot of that age is still on facebook primarily Um, So that's why we run heavy Facebook ads for her because it gets results and that's where her audience is. So um, I would say just right off the bat, know where your audience is. If your audience is more on YouTube, you should run Google ads for sure and get more views on your video, get more traffic, um, just knowing what your specific goal is as well um can be really beneficial because some people just want more followers or they want to get into a partner program or they just want to hit a specific number um and then it's better to run ads on that platform because obviously ads and the platform that you're on want to keep you there they don't want you breaking off and going into other platforms they want to keep you where you are so if you're thinking of growing your TikTok, you definitely should run TikTok ads, right? Because you're trying to grow that specific platform and if you're trying to reach a younger generation, right. um young, yeah. <laughs> that's where they're going to be, right? Um so Exactly. <laughs> So time. my
0: Gen Z sister is like, I will never be on Facebook. I see mm-hmm. no. So I'm like,
1: yeah, absolutely. You gotta stay, you gotta stay aware. <laughs> they are not on Facebook. So if you want to reach that younger audience, definitely TikTok is the way to go. I recently worked with someone who was, you know, pushing TikTok ads super hard, and they're like, that is, you know, a great ROI. It's a great way to gain exposure. I personally have found like I'm blowing up more on TikTok than anywhere else, just because it is the place to be right now everyone's jumping on the TikTok tock bandwagon yeah. um, so it like i said it really comes down to knowing your audience um, and then also knowing what your goals are specifically because some platforms are better for making money and then others are better for just getting exposure
0: yeah that makes complete sense okay um, i love it that was the crash course <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know more about that Go message Annie and pay her to do ads. <laughs> yes,
1: exactly. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> um,
0: okay. I love it. Multiple streams of income. Like this mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I love that you also just were like, Hey, this is what my clients need. Like they're desiring this as well. I have the skill as well. And mm-hmm. so we can work together. And again, win, win for, for both people. They don't have to go seek someone out. You don't have to go seek a new client out, but you can still be Providing them a service that they're desiring and making more money from it, which is amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: What I want to talk about next is how you balance it all, because I think that it's it's hard running a business alone mm-hmm. can be difficult. Being an artist alone can be difficult. Both require a lot of time and energy and presence and creativity. And so how do you like compartmentalize each and balance each so that you're able to show up, you know, at your full capacity?
1: yeah for sure <laughs>
0: um, Take it, well like <laughs> yeah this is
1: such a great question <laughs> and i feel like something i still struggle with sometimes um but what i've been focused more on this year is team building because i think previously in the past you know a lot of indie artists do this we're like i want to have the final say in everything and i want to do everything myself Mm -hmm. and i think that's super important when you're getting started because that's probably you know where your budget's at but as you start to grow Um, You want to think about how much your time is worth, how much you're charging for it, and how much you're willing to pay someone else. So for example, I recently hired a marketing assistant for Kaizen Music Studio because it got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm spending a lot of time doing things that I could train someone else to do and pay them. um, And then I can focus more on my clients and giving them what they need. Um, So that's what I've been focused on lately is team building. And Thinking about you know what you can delegate um and i'll admit like at first i was a little hesitant about it because i was like oh you know i have like such a specific way of like making my posts and connecting with my people and my hashtag strategy and stuff um but it's actually been a huge relief like i i hired this person only like three or four weeks ago and it's been amazing so far it's so nice to just shoot someone a text and check in and they can just ask me a question um and then same with my artist career my um boyfriend and partner and guitarist Jory is now getting more into video edits so we've been talking about you know making a schedule where we film content together and then he does some of the editing or helps me with the editing and I will just like give him a percentage or like pay him for the couple hours of work but rather than trying to like force myself to film all the content then edit the content then post the content then follow up um, all of that has just been taken completely off my plate so now all I have to do think about what song do i want to do next what do i want to film next Mm. um so just getting more help has been great but then also as you were saying like scheduling and compartmentalizing so on mondays and fridays that's when i do marketing and artist career stuff tuesdays Wednesdays, thursdays i'm actively meeting with clients and helping them work on their goals so that for me has helped immensely to be like okay it's monday all I'm doing today is marketing. I'm working on following up with people for my artist career. I'm filming content, whatever I need to do for that that day. And then the next three days I'm focused on the business. Um, so just blocking days can be such a huge difference. And I'm sure like you also have time blocks for getting everything done that you're doing as well.
0: Yeah, mine are very similar too. Um, I'm not actively pursuing artist stuff
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> so
0: soon, I, I have, I, every time I go to see a writers around uh, in Nashville since I moved my friends are like when are you going to do this when are you going to do one of
1: these yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Soon>. <laughs>
0: um, so not yet but but it's still very similar where Mondays are like admin days like marketing, planning, emails scheduling like all that kind of stuff um, if I'm doing affiliate launches right it's like preparing materials and coordinating with all of that um and then tuesdays wednesdays thursdays it's like it's talking client calls Mm -hmm. recording videos content creation podcast interviews things like that um any other meetings that might take place and then fridays i usually leave open for i call them magic days and i'm just Uh, whatever whatever's gonna (laughs) happen happens so like if i have to take the call or i don't even i shouldn't even use that language but if I really, really want to take a call on Friday, and especially if it's mm-hmm. like the only day that can happen, okay, we'll do it. Um, if I feel like I want to catch up on planning work or I have a really big project I'm excited about, I'll do it, right? If I want to play music, I'll do it, right? So it's, yeah. um, it depends, but it does help to keep it somewhat structured. And when I do integrate music back into it, I think that I'll definitely have those days or sections of the day that's like, all right, here's, here's for, Here's the music stuff, right? Here's where yes, I'm content for yeah. music or booking emails and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I do want to ask you: Do you ever find yourself like checking your music email like while you're supposed to be coaching a client, or not while <laughs> you're to be, on a client day? And then you're like, like, <laughs> I don't feel so bad, but I gotta compartmentalize.
1: For sure, yeah. I mean, I of course there's some bleed over sometimes. You know, some people like need responses right away. Um, So that does happen. I try not to beat myself up for too much and just be mindful of when that happens. Or maybe like during my lunch break, you know, on days I meet with clients, that could be a time to follow up with people. I really like the idea of having a magic day. Um, And some Saturdays end up being that if it's like I have a big release that week or something where I need an extra day for the artist stuff, then sometimes, yeah, that will bleed over. It's just kind of what you were saying, just like kind of planning in advance and knowing what's coming up for that week and then figuring out where you can maybe reprioritize a few things. But um, it does help also to like have a team and just be like, hey, guys, this is what I have on my plate this week. You know, just this is going to be my main focus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And Mm -hmm. I think that from the mindset perspective, this is what I want to go into next, because I know that a lot of people I talk to a lot of clients, a lot of musicians who follow me, like there's a sense of shame, sometimes guilt, or just like frustration, resentment around (laughs) having to have multiple streams of income, but more so around like, oh, I need something else to fund my music or like, I need to have like a full-time job or or I'm going to start coaching to fund my music. And You know sometimes people really embrace it sometimes though it's it's hard because it feels like oh i wish i could just make all the money from music how do you (laughs) deal with that those mindset blocks or any other mindset blocks that might come up when you're doing both and you're like oh i just wish i could like spend my time here or you know i wish i didn't have to be divided but obviously there's a lot of good it's providing you for that but it can be frustrating at times
1: Mm mm-hmm Yeah, I've definitely like run into that with um, other friends in the, you know, music industry and creatives and such. Um, And and I used to feel that way for sure, especially when I was like, going to work at a school, you know, from 8am till three, I would teach lessons. And then I would drive over to the music studio and then I would teach more lessons from four till eight. So I was like, there was a time period I was working 12 hour days to try to pay rent and then also fund my recording sessions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and I definitely hit a kind of a wall of burnout. And I think what led to that was not respecting my time and my boundaries enough and not taking the time to really make sure that my mental health was taken care of and my needs were met. Um, I think a fundamental shift for me was deciding I don't have to do anything. I get to do things. So like I get to help this person achieve their dreams. I get to help someone, you know, work through blockages in their voice. Um, I get to record this weekend. Um, So kind of just for me, it took an attitude shift and it also took a lot of setting very strict boundaries about what I'm willing to do and what I'm not willing to do. Um, and then also recognizing that sometimes there are seasons where I'm just going to have to grind, you know, we need more clients or, um, something is coming up. Um, and just accepting the fact that like where i'm at right now is going to be more hard work but then maybe in a month or two after that kind of pays off you know i can focus again more on my artist career and stuff because kind of what you're saying like it's easy to burn out on either one if you focus on that too heavily so just trying to keep that healthy balance of like Yes, I'm I'm coaching and I'm working with my clients, but then also I am like respecting and carving out time where I don't answer my phone after eight o'clock um, and I don't answer the studio phone on the weekends, you know, and I've told my clients, you know, I'm available Monday through Friday from 10 to six. If it's not 10 to six Monday through Friday, I'm working on my own projects.
0: I love that. And the last question I want to ask you before we wrap up kind of going off of that is, how do you stay sane? So like what habits or mindset practices or things do you do in your day-to-day life to make sure that you don't burn out like you have in the past and that you can stay healthy in mind and body so that you can be successful in everything that you're doing?
1: And, you know, I think for everyone, it's probably obviously going to look a little different just because we all have different priorities. But I realized for me what was being super draining was feeling like I was glued to a screen Mm. (laughs) 24-7. Yeah. (laughs) So I've been embracing a new practice called digital minimalism where I – Again, like kind of specifically block when I'm going to be on screens and when I'm not. Mm-hmm. So for me, that has looked like I put my phone on downtime starting at eight o'clock every night and it doesn't come off of that till 10 a.m. Um, and then getting going down- to the library and getting books. Huh? Is that
0: like a specific setting or you just mean you put it away?
1: No, it's a specific setting. You can go in your phone and schedule downtime. You won't get notifications. You can't open your apps. Um, you yeah. you Open your apps? Yeah, I mean, if you need one specific one, you can click on it and then exit the downtime and put in your passcode. And then it will give you access for like, you can say, I need it for 15 minutes, and then it'll shut it back down. So just kind of making things more difficult for myself (laughs) so I'm not just glued to my phone 24-7. And then also I've been making myself like go for walks every day and go to the library and check out books. So I'm reading books at night instead of just, you know, like doom scrolling on socials or something. Um, I just realized that reclaiming my time from being on screens was like colossal. And that's where a lot of my burnout was coming from. So, um, yeah, I think just like noticing where that burnout is happening for you and then maybe finding ways to get support there is really important. That is
0: amazing advice. And everyone, if you need, I mean, if you need it, some people have self-control. <laughs> but, <laughs> people? Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Me either. Well, I will
0: say, No, I have been, um, I have been putting my phone down and reading the Bridgerton books before I go to bed. Oh, nice. Now you guys. So it's been seven books that I've read before bed successfully and that's helped a lot, but
1: yes. now it's, it's so
0: hard. <laughs> just mindlessly clicking on app after, after app and mm-hmm. wasting much time. So I'm so going to try that. I love that downtime. I, we're going to do it. Um, yes. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing all this amazing wisdom today, Ani. This was incredible. I'm so excited for everyone to follow you and, and just tell you how amazing this was. So oh. tell us how we can. where can we follow you, keep up with you and work with you?
1: Of course. Yeah. Um, I'm I've really enjoyed this conversation. This has been great. And I definitely want to pick your brain a little bit more later as well. <laughs> Um, But you guys can follow me. Um, I'm really active on Twitter lately, I think, just because it's so easy to get on there and check in and then get back off really quickly. Um, But I'm on pretty much, like, all social media. Um, And as you heard earlier, like, if you really want to know the nitty gritty behind the scenes, what's really going down, Patreon is the place to be. Um, But feel free to reach out if you want to work with me via email. Um, You can go to my website, www.anikaizen.com and it's spelled a n j i k a i z e n um and you can connect with me there or join my mailing list and i would love to hear from you guys please feel free to reach out send me any questions that you have let me know if you want to work together or just shoot me a message and like let me know that you heard me on the out to be podcast and i'll send a screenshot to katie and i'll follow you back
0: yes tag us both on socials too at katie zicardi and what's your handle on instagram
1: at Ani Kaizen.
0: Amazing. Okay. Love it. Thank you so much, Ani, for being here today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Katie. This has been awesome. And I'm really excited to binge your podcast. Honestly, like, um, since you reached out to me, I've just been like checking you out. And I'm like, Katie is so cool. Like, <laughs> I've got to go binge all of this now. Thank
0: you. I think you. you are so cool. So, Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you all next week. Thank you so much for listening to the out to be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts that really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music for more information on coaching services, head to katiezucardi.com. See you next week.